Let's show you the most recent heart history. Back to Survivor Series. Boom, right there, hits brother Brett into the metal gating, and Owen is pinned. One, two, three, there's the count. Eliminated from the Family Feud match. Check this out. Rips Brett down from the ropes and has a physical and verbal assault right here. Feel that you're living in um Go on, Vince. How do I say it delicately? The shadow. Go on, say it. The shadow. You and me, face to face, one on one. I'm challenging you, Brett, my brother, to a fight, one on one. I mean, people love to see any kind of a controversial fight. A fight, a great fight is a great fight. People thrive on that. But under no circumstances would I ever, absolutely, positively, not ever step in the ring. I knew this was tearing up the family, and I knew that Owen and I had to sit down and we had to resolve this thing, and that's exactly what we've done. And we are going to win the World Wrestling Federation Tag Team titles as a unit. The rocket is going to be taken off, and I'm going to have my brother Brett there right behind me. And the Quebecers, we're coming after you. We're gunning for those World Tag Team Championships for the rocket and for the Hitman, too. Hey, The shadow Owen Hart. I think Bret Hart has sucked his brother in one more time here. And could this be the three Putting a sharp shooter at Sarks. Wait a minute. Bret just collapsed. Bret just had the sharp shooter on Pierre. He had the opportunity to tag and he didn't do it. The official has elected to end this match. Angry at the Quebecers. He should be angry at his brother. What did I tell you? That's right, Owen. That's right. You're right. He should have tagged you. But I don't think Brett deserves this. Owen Hart appears to be giving his brother a tongue lashing. But Owen is obviously right in being mad at his brother. One more time. One more time. Brett refused. Well, it's, it's obvious to me. That Owen Hart is finally. <laughs> I think you've just seen a major change in that man's career. He is finally waking up to the fact that he's not going to stand in the shadow of Big Brother anymore. If instead they see that man right there. All you have to do is tag me, but he's too selfish to worry about me. He just worries about himself. Just what? tag me, Brett. But you're too damn selfish. You know what? There's no doubt, Brett. You did some great things. You've done it all. You've done everything possible in the World Wrestling Federation that any single man can do. You've done it all. But you notice I'm using the past tense, Brett. You've done it. That was in the past. That was then. This is now. You've never faced me, Brett. All those other accolades that you earned, everything that you did in the past, that was before you ever saw the rocket face-to-face, one-on-one. So everything that you did, all those great achievements, all those victories, all those world titles, all those intercontinental titles, everything that you did, Brett, let me sum this up. You did all that, but I go out at WrestleMania 10, and I beat you one, two, three, which is what I'm going to do, and you know it, and I know it, 
and it's only a matter of time, then that makes me better than you, doesn't it, Brett? It's simple to figure out. You do all that, but I take it one step higher because I surpass everything you've done and I surpass you because I'm gonna beat you. Then that makes me better than you, correct? I think so. And you know what? When you light the rocket on fire and it blasts off at WrestleMania 10 and it soars straight to the top, there's nothing, nothing that will ever stop the rocket, brother. All right, everyone, let's do this. Welcome to the New Blood Rising podcast, and thank you for hitting the download. And seriously, thank you for hitting the download, because I'm sure you saw that we had a new episode posted today. You went and looked at it, you were all excited, and you saw that it was only me. You probably shrugged, and you hit download anyway. I can't thank you guys enough for that. Um, This is, as I said, the New Blood Rising podcast. Of course, we are in season... I think we're in five now. We're covering WCW from Sting to Hogan, 1990, I believe we started, to 1994, and we're currently stuck a little. Um, I've had, and I, I want to explain that, why we haven't come back in a while. Um, I've had some family issues that I've had to attend to, and unfortunately it has interfered with our recording schedule. So Will called me one day, and he said, well, what do you think of this? What it what do you think of maybe each of us doing an individual episode where we talk about a match that we individually think is perfect, a match that we love? And two things. One, I love the idea. I loved it because, you know, with three adult male schedules, it's difficult to imagine us ever getting to some of these matches as a team. And there are so many things I love to talk about. And two... This was the first match that popped up in my head. And it's funny because Will, of course, if you haven't heard it, please go check his episode out. I've heard him talk about Bret Hart versus Mr. Perfect from SummerSlam 91 since I first met him back in 07. He loves that match, and as well he should. It's a fantastic match. He does a great critique on it. And it's really just kind of kismet that the first match that popped into my head when he said his idea to me was... This, WrestleMania 10, Bret the Hitman Hart versus The Rocket, Owen Hart. Um, This is a very interesting match for me. Uh, It's not my favorite Bret Hart match, but then again, I don't know if I have one. Um, There are other matches of his that I like more. For instance, uh, maybe my favorite match, maybe, is his match with Roddy Piper at WrestleMania 8. I'm a huge fan of that. I used to watch that match on repeat. Uh, Austin at WrestleMania 13. Hell, Austin at Survivor Series 96, which happened in the same building as the match that he has with Owen Hart here. Uh, it's just, as I talked, last time I talked to Will on the phone, we were trying to, to figure out how many perfect 10s Bret Hart actually has. And uh, we ended up naming at least 10 or 12 matches. Uh, it's no secret if you listen to our show, we are huge fans of the Hitman, and we've both read his book, we quote it all the time, and maybe it's also that it's not just Brett that I'm a huge fan of, but I'm a huge fan of Owen, and, I'm, and I just realized this would be the first time, I believe, 
that Owen Hart, or at least one of Owen's matches, has been discussed on the New Blood Rising podcast because we haven't had the fortune to discuss his timelines. Uh, so I'm very excited to do that. So, so let's deep dive into this a little bit. Of course, I want to talk about the match itself. The match is just complete, unbelievably stellar from beginning to end. But I want to talk more about the before because that's what got me so into this. I have vague memories back in 1990, 1991, to where I would receive like a wrestling toy for my birthday when I was about four or five. I remember getting a Roddy Piper. I remember my first two figures were the Ultimate Warrior from Hasbro and Sid from whoever made the WCW line, the one with the muscles and the and the the, <laughs> the pain on the ass that always came off that, I mean, we'll make fun of all the time. But it wasn't until about 1993 that I really... Uh, started becoming a fan. It, in particular, it was the March to WrestleMania 9. And, you know, um, it was the week before WrestleMania. The match was going to be Bret Hart defending the title against Yokozuna. But what I was interested in was the Mega Maniacs versus Money Incorporated. Now, of course, Hogan would do whatever he did at 9. That's another discussion for another time. And then do what he did at King of the Ring. And we were kind of left with Bret Hart in the summer of 93. And in all honesty, there really wasn't a better guy to be left with, especially for a kid. Bret Hart, um, as time has gone on, Bret Hart used to be like my number four, number five wrestler. Um, he has actually, over time, his work has aged so well. Uh, I actually have him at number two now, ahead of Hulk Hogan. Um, I was such a Bret Hart fan. I remember Halloween 1993, I actually uh, ordered a costume from the WWF, whatever they would have called it back then, the Shop Zone. I don't, that's not what it was called. I think I ordered it from a magazine, but I, I dressed up in a Bret Hart costume. Uh, the, the, the reason I'm telling these types of stories is because I want you to know how <laughs> devastating of a storyline what I'm about to discuss was to a nine-year-old. Um, so Bret Hart ends up getting linked in with Jerry Lawler in the summer of 93 over who is the real king, even though I don't think Bret was really arguing with that. It was just a title that was bestowed on him. So fast forward to November of 93. Bret Hart is in a Survivor Series match with his brothers, and they're supposed to take on Jerry Lawler and his knights. I vaguely remember these knights, these guys that wore these masks. They, I have no idea who they were in real life. Well, you know, <laughs> so the pay-per-view happened, and I remember that Shawn Michaels, because I didn't see the pay-per-view, but Shawn Michaels, we found out the following night on Raw, uh, had replaced Jerry Lawler, and I, I never knew why. I thought that was so weird, because, uh, you know, Shawn Michaels wasn't Shawn Michaels yet. And uh, come to find out, you know, pop open Brett's book, and do a little bit of research, and yet Jerry Lawler uh, got busted for um, having sex with a minor, allegedly, uh, <laughs> which is a classic Jerry Lawler type scenario. I think this was that, that one story with him and the honky-tonk man. But anyway, he was, all charges were dropped, I'm getting ahead of myself. Anyway, so 
Brett had, and keep, also I want to mention this too, the uh, attire that, that the Hart family is wearing is just absolutely ridiculous. Brett Hart looks odd uh, wearing basically a leotard where you can see his legs. Um, I get that they were trying to match, but it looks ridiculous. It's like Brett, Owen, Bruce, uh, Smith, my favorite first name for a heart. Jesus. Uh, anyway, so Brett, um, he gets knocked off the ring ropes by Owen. Owen gets whipped into the ropes and accidentally knocks Brett into the guardrail. And this distracts Owen to where, I believe it's Sean, rolls up Owen and gets a three count. And Owen, you know, at the time... You know, to put a little backstory on him, uh, he was in the new foundation with Jim Neidhart. Great Hasbro action figures that I still have. Their colors were pretty cool. Owen was a great high flyer, and he had been in high energy, or as me and Will call it, high energy, low attendance, uh, with Coco Beware. And so Owen wasn't even a mid-carder. Owen was basically about on the same level to, to me as Brett's other brothers. But this was very intriguing. Uh, Sean had pinned Owen, and Owen was eliminated. As it turns out, the Hearts were the only ones... or no, I'm sorry, let me go back. The Hearts had won the match, but Owen was the only member of the family that had been eliminated. So it kind of just made him look weak. And Owen comes back out after the Hearts win, and he shoves Brett. And I remember, like, this was, this was interesting. Uh, I had been enjoying wrestling for most of the year, but there really hadn't been a soap opera-esque storyline that I had really grabbed onto as something that made me want to watch. And I remember watching that on WWF Mania, which used to come on Saturday mornings with Todd Pettengill, that Owen was challenging Brett to a fight. And I, I just remember being so upset. Like, why would you do that? And Brett's response is one of my favorites. I've never quoted it before, but I just remember him staring into that camera and going, I will not, under any circumstances, fight my brother. I, I won't. I, 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 I love the way Brett sold that. And then, as it turns out, they made up, and they were going to go to the Royal Rumble the following January, and they were going to challenge the Quebecers for the tag team titles. And this was very intriguing for me. I was like, all right, yeah, this is great. But at the same time, this kind of felt like Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 9 to me. And, and like, why is the main guy going for the tag titles? This feels like a demotion. But whatever. I was so happy to see Brett and Owen back together. And tuned in the following night on Raw to see what happened. And Owen had kicked his leg out from under him. Uh, as it turns out, <laughs> Brett had injured his leg. And then stubbornly refused to tag Owen at the one time he had a chance. Instead, he chose to try to lock in the sharpshooter. And it's kind of a Randy Savage, Hulk Hogan situation. Where, as a kid, I hated Owen for what he did. I absolutely hated him. But as an adult, I, I kind of see where he's coming from. Because Owen's you know, basically saying what Randy was saying. You know, he's, he's an egomaniac. He was trying to take all the credit for himself. All he had to do was tag me. This was great. And this sets up our match at WrestleMania 10. And it is the opening match. Oh, one more thing. Royal Rumble. At the very end of the Rumble, Bret Hart, of course, wins the Rumble with Lex Luger in a double decision or whatever. And I can't remember the details, but basically the way this works is Bret Hart has to face Owen Hart at WrestleMania 10. And then it doesn't really matter who wins or loses because Bret will be in the main event of WrestleMania 10 fighting whoever wins Yokozuna versus Lex Luger. 
even to this day, I, I just, I'm so confused as to why they went this way. The triple threat hadn't been invented yet, I don't think, in the WWF. So, okay. It, it, it makes Luger once again look pretty bad. And plus, that was a match we were looking forward to, too. The rematch between Luger and Yokozuna from SummerSlam. And this match ends up being worse than that one. So, anyway, so the, the pay-per-view kicks off. And <laughs> I do love how the ring announcer says, From Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And the crowd, then Madison Square Garden just comes alive. But it's Owen Hart. And I gotta say, uh, Owen Hart has got to be maybe my favorite chicken shit heel. Uh, th the things that he does, like posing... For no reason, he just does it. He's like he's like Will in a wrestling video game brought to life. Like just woo, he'll just throw his arms up and be just thrilled at nothing. Um, when he acts like he's gonna put like a pair of his shades on a kid, and then he just rips them up right in front of the kid's face and just laughs. Uh, it was so interesting to read Brett's book uh, many years ago and come to find out that Owen was nothing like this in real life. And that he thoroughly enjoyed doing it <laughs> at the same time. Uh, it was that's just great stuff. Um, so we also have Vince McMahon and Jerry Lawler at ringside for commentary, and Lawler uh, is into and he's doing his classic Stew and Helen shtick. Uh, it's it's really good stuff. <laughs> um, I don't want to get into details about that right now, but um, so the match starts off with basic like chain wrestling and this was something that Owen I don't think he gets enough credit for do, for doing this especially in this match because it's what makes this match so entertaining Owen Hart is one of the best chain wrestlers I've ever seen and and when he does it in this match he always ends it with some kind of heel tactic like oh like he does that weird flip out of a out of a out of a full arm dragon twist and, and then he just grabs Brett's hair and just yanks him down without Earl Hebner being able to see it. And I love this moment. Uh, I used to laugh so much at it when I watched it as a kid. Uh, Owen would <laughs> he would, put his boot right into Boots' face, uh, right into Brett's face, and just shoved him. And Brett just kind of takes it, and then he points up at him. And uh, they don't use the camera angle in the actual broadcast that I absolutely love, which is the Wiley e. Coyote cam of it. But it's so funny. Uh, they play off of each other incredibly well. Um, then he'll do things like another chain wrestling incident where it'll end up with um, a hammerlock. And Owen just levels Brett with, it, with his elbow right into Brett's face. And it, it works so well. Uh, and I, I want to make a point of talking about this match too. Because uh, this match, I miss this kind of a match. It's very fast-paced. It's very technical, but it's also very high-flying. Like, there's a lot of high-flying moves in this thing, but it's not a spot fest. It doesn't look like ballet. It doesn't look like the lightsaber fight in episode one. It doesn't look, like, overly choreographed. Like, all that crap that I'm so used to seeing on the indie circuits and what, what f makes fans chant, uh, this is awesome, or this is wrestling, or stuff like that. No, 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 no. Like, there has to be a reason why you do these moves. And the way that, the, that these two guys go from A to B, A to B, uh, is great. And I'll, I'll get into that a little bit more uh, later. Um, get to see, 
I get, I get nervous every time I watch it. Um, and I, I had a discussion with Will about this, and I I think this is I think this is the way it would work. So Owen, it gets to a point where Owen, Owen delivers a tombstone pile driver to Brett. He gets him right up in the in the Owen Hart pile driver position, and that just makes everyone in the room nervous. And he doesn't sit it out. He actually drops to his knees. And no one else was doing that at the time, I believe, except Undertaker. And the only reason I can think why he did it that way was because Undertaker was not at WrestleMania 10. That's one of the few that Undertaker missed in his run. Because uh, um, I believe Kayfabe, yeah, he was dead. Yokozuna killed him at the Royal Rumble. That's right. And... The only reason I think that is because that was always the story that I heard about Owen doing the pile driver to Austin at SummerSlam the way he did. Because Undertaker actually wrestled in the main event of that SummerSlam. So Owen wanted to do a tombstone, but he couldn't do Takers, so he did a sit-out. You know, it's funny how these things work out. Um, Bret Hart is trying very hard in this match to wrestle clean. It does not go his way. Owen is—he has a, fa a fascinating mix for, for me from from a technical standpoint and from a brawling standpoint, because I mean, Owen Hart was just an amazing athlete. He was so talented. He really rarely ever had a botch that I can remember. Everything with him was crisp and intense. I love his belly-to-belly -belly suplex, especially the one that he gives to Brett in this match. It's great. So he can do like any move like that, like it's 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 fantastic. But yet he'll take Brett's leg and slam it into the post. Um, <laughs> he'll you know he'll do the elbow thing. He'll he'll pull the hair. He does all of these great heel things that you know you're like, oh man, look at this guy. He's great. Oh, what a cheater. You know? like, at least that's how it was as a kid. It was so frustrating to see him get away with this kind of stuff. And, you know, I remember when this match was going, was going to happen. And I remember thinking, oh, well, there's no way Owen's going to win. Uh, it's just not, um, it just couldn't happen. Like, especially with Brett going for the title. And it's so surprising, even to this day, how well, how, how this match gets pulled off. Uh, so the third act of this match starts I, I i can't quite pinpoint the first two acts but i definitely know where the third act starts and that's when bret hart starts breaking out all of these moves all of these moves that you know in a typical bret hart match you know the first i'd say the first two acts we'll see what happens you know there's going to be some rest holds there'll be some intense stuff but you can't quite figure out the first two acts of a bret hart match but the third act you kind of can bret hart will get his second wind he'll hit the Russian leg sweep. He'll hit the backbreaker. He'll hit the second rope elbow. You know, th this was his five moves of doom. Well, he actually breaks out a couple more with Owen, and I think that's very interesting from a storytelling standpoint. He does all those moves to Owen, two counts, two counts. But he also gives Owen a, a straight-up pile driver, which oh, Brett did do a pile driver, but not that often. Uh, and what he did less often, I believe, is the move that he follows up the pile driver with, which is a superplex. He superplexes Owen off the top rope. It's a thing of beauty. And I like to think that the reason Brett was breaking these moves out from a kayfabe standpoint was because he couldn't quite figure out how to beat him. 
there's a great little tug of war with the two over the sharpshooter. Owen, uh, in a great callback to the Royal Rumble, Brett jumps over the top rope, lands on Owen, but he injures his leg. And Owen goes right for it. He even does the exact same kick to his leg that he did at the Royal Rumble. And it's great. Owen does this this submission move. It, oh, man. It's like a... I've, I've never known the name of this thing, but it's like where he's pushing his heel against Brett's leg. And even Jerry Lawler's like, oh, Bret Hart doesn't even know this move. And it looks great, although I, I, I doubt there's any pain going anywhere. But, um, you know, it, he, he focuses in on the leg, and it becomes a technical match for a while. He locks Brett in the sharpshooter before Brett does, which is great. I love that. And I also, I also love the way Owen did the sharpshooter. It looked really painful, uh, the way he did it. Um, looks snug. Brett tries to reverse it, which is always funny to me, uh, when he tries to do the sharpshooter from the ground, like he did with, with Mr. Perfect. As much as I love the Mr. Perfect match, that sharpshooter never looked all that good, but it doesn't matter because everything that came before was great. He tries to do it to Jacques at Royal Rumble 94. Doesn't work. Um, but that's from the storyline standpoint. And he, try, and he actually does it to Owen for a little bit here at 10. But he can't quite get it locked in. And Owen just is able to make it to the ropes anyway. But I got to say, if he, if he did lock it in, I don't think it would have looked that good. Um, and so this is about where the finish comes in. Um, absolutely love this finish. I know we talk about Brett a lot. I know I've said that even earlier in this episode. But it's not like I love every Bret Hart match. Like I want to point out one of my favorite Bret Hart finishes. In fact, my favorite Bret Hart finishes where he loses, typically, are the ones where he gets rolled up. Uh, Davy Boy Smith comes to mind. It's one of the best finishes to a match ever. Um, where he tried to do a sunset flip and Davy Boy just kind of leaned forward and rolled up his legs. I love that finish. But the point I was making was, I've never been a huge fan of that match. And uh, if you read Brett's Brett's book, that gave me all the answers as to why. Um, But everyone loves that match. Uh, I don't make excuses for it. But this one with Owen, where he gets rolled up because of a mistake, is so good. Um, So Brett tries to do a victory roll in a very convoluted kind of way. I mean, I, it's like you get what he was doing. But when he goes for the roll, Owen ends up standing his ground. Like he, he, he squats, basically, and Brett can't get him over. And it turns into a cover on Brett. And one, two, three. And the place is just kind of dumbfounded. Uh, some of the fans are, are ecstatic <laughs> in the front row. I've, I've noticed that. And uh, you know, as typical of New York... But it's, it's great. I love Brett's reaction when he sits up. Um, and to, to give it a second, talk about how great I think Owen Hart is. Uh, in the replay is where I caught it uh, on this view. Watch the match twice for this episode in case I missed anything. But I saw this the first time and I wanted to mention it. It added to... Bret Hart and Owen were great at adding to realism in pro wrestling. Something that I really miss and have missed for a long time. And this is a great example. And it's, it's a minor detail, but it's definitely worth mentioning. So when Brett gets, goes for the victory roll and gets rolled up himself, uh, Owen is standing for the first, I'd say, count, the first one. 
but when the ref hits two, Owen did not have to do this, but he did it anyway. He actually he actually kneeled down and put his knees right on top of uh, Brett's shoulders at the two count. He didn't have to do that. He could have just stood there in the squatted position and he would have gotten the three. But the fact that he had the wherewithal to go, oh, I should probably put his shoulders on the ground, it makes it look more convincing. Uh, it was stuff like that as to why I always used to argue with kids on the playground as to whether or not wrestling was real. Um, and because of guys like Brett and Owen who could put something together like this and make you believe. And it's magic. It's pure magic. It's the best opening match. Well, it's the best match. It's the best opening match in all of WrestleManias, as far as I'm concerned. And um, and this is a controversial opinion, I know. But I think it's the best match on the card. And Sean and Razor, the latter match, usually gets pretty much all the credit uh, on this pay-per-view. And this is a pretty well-regarded WrestleMania. I always thought of this WrestleMania as the true beginning of the new generation era of the WWF. And Sean and Razor gets all the credit. And I think that's I think that's great. I think that ladder match at the time was one of the most amazing things I'd ever seen. But there's a problem, and that's that I think the product just has gotten so watered down lately with these ladder matches, these high spots, these flippy, floppy bullshit that something like Sean and Razor's ladder match just kind of looks a bit tame by comparison. Uh, and it's also the classic Shawn Michaels loses the match yet looks like a million bucks as opposed to the other guy who just looks okay. And I think it's ironic in that scenario because of... I think it's completely flipped at SummerSlam. I actually think Shawn and Razor's ladder match at the following SummerSlam is way better and a, and a wonderful match that I think holds up. And then I, on the same token, Brett and Owens rematch at SummerSlam. Not that crazy about. Never was. But anyway, so Brett would end up going on to fight Yokozuna. He won the title later that night with a bad leg. Everyone comes out to celebrate. He gets hugs from all, like every face in the locker room. He gets a phenomenal hug from Burt Reynolds, uh, which actually kind of welded me up a little bit. Um, I had forgotten about that. And then there's this great part. Owen kind of comes in, parts the Red Sea, as JR would say, and Randy Savage actually invites him into the ring. And you want Owen to go, but he won't go. And it's great. It sets up the, it sets up the entire next six months uh, from a storyline perspective. Owen will not get in the ring. He's angry at his brother. And it just furthered that storyline. Um, Owen Hart would... In the months that came after, Owen Hart would go on to win the King of the Ring, just like his brother did the year before. Uh, Owen Hart won every major title that there was to win in the WWF, with the exception of the world title. And I've always held the belief that he was my favorite. He was my favorite wrestler that never won the WWF title. Um, and I definitely think he would have uh, had he not, you know, passed away in 99. Um, which is funny, like... Uh, Next week is actually the 20th anniversary of Owen Hart's death. I just realized that. So this is even more fitting. Um, but I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about that guy. He was just a phenomenal wrestler. And I think that if, if he hadn't died and he continued, I honestly think there's a pretty good chance he might have surpassed Brett, especially with Brett ha forcibly having to retire. 
back in 2000, that would have, and Owen was younger, that would have left the door wide open for Owen to, to go more. Because uh, I think Owen was only 33, 34 when he died. And Brett was, geez, he was like 43 uh, in, in 2000. So, of course, Brett would go on to have an amazing last uh, four and a, no, three and a half years in the WWF. Won the WWF title multiple times over. Um, reunited with Owen for the uh, for the Reunited Heart Foundation and the Canada versus America storyline, and we've covered what happened with Brett and WCW. Not big fans of it, but um, yeah, I think that's it. I think that'll do it for my first perfect ten. Um, if you haven't seen it, please, 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 please look at it. Um, this is, this is how you do it. This is the way to do this type of match. And it felt so personal. And it was so deflating when Owen won. You know, it was just bad. And even it's, it's SummerSlam, which is it's an okay match. But even after that's done, this storyline continued. To the, the infamous, like, Owen Hart making Helen throw in the towel. Bret Hart losing the title to Bob Backlund. It's, fun. it's so good. This was such a great storyline. And it was the first real storyline that I truly fell in love with in pro wrestling. And it's probably one of the reasons I'm still in it, uh, still watching it, still enjoying it. Um, I mean, in terms of like a blood feud and a real personal storyline, for me, it's up there with Hogan and Savage, with Kane and Taker. Um, it's it's that good. And and if and once you're done with that, I, I, I implore you to go look at more Owen Hart matches. He, he was a criminally underrated guy. And according to Triple H, the, the, the character of the game was originally for Owen Hart, uh, which I firmly believe. So that ought to do it. Bret Hart versus Owen Hart, WrestleMania 10, gets a 10 out of 10 from me. Um, in the meantime, follow the pod at New Blood Pod. William Rankin is at William Rankin 83. Jason Kiesler is at the Jason Kiesler. I am at CM underscore stabs. And I will see you for the next episode of New Blood Pod, WrestleWar92. Thank you so much for downloading, putting up with my annoying voice, and we'll see you next time. Come down off your throne.